to the Skeptic Wire. Fourth of July, two thousand thirteen. It is. Hello. Oh, I'm sorry. A little late on that one. Yeah. Hello. Just a bit. Episode one twenty of the Skeptic Wire. I'm your host Gary Lawn, and with me this week is Greg Perrine. Hi. Yeah, we got that. <laughs> Donna is in Las Vegas. Apparently, she thought Tam was this week. <laughs> I was hoping to make it. She sat through my entire <laughs> half an hour rant on what Tam was like. She never pays attention to anything you're saying. That's a very good point. <laughs> and why should she? Wait, you were here last week? You were in my house <laughs> recording the episode. I certainly hope I was here last week. Yeah, well, I forget everything after the edit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. So I have to write all these numbers, you know, 12024JUL2013. Somehow I remember what that means. Well, after 120 episodes, it tends to all kind of blur together, or you just have to put it out of your mind. It does. For example, uh, we got like a, a shout out on, on a podcast last month. Yeah. Um, so I save up podcasts before I go on a trip or a vacation. So I have something, a lot to listen to, a lot to choose from when I'm sitting in the airport with reading's too hard. to do. So there are several episodes of various podcasts that I hadn't listened to yet. And the June 25th, I think it was, episode of the UK podcast Incredulous. Which would be episode 21. Yes. That was by the Merseyside Skeptics. Skeptic Society. They also do Skeptics with a K and that kind of stuff. With a K. Spelling Skeptics with a K, I see, as the tick might say. Sure. Well, they they mentioned that... In fact, that Incredulous is spelled with a K. It's a conspiracy. With a, K. with a K? <laughs> That's three Ks! It's the KKK. They're behind everything. <laughs> oh, this is getting dangerous. We're trying to compliment another podcast. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the three Ks! Skeptics is like... <laughs> No, no, it's no, no, bad no. enough I dug a hole. Do you have to jump in with me and dig with me? The Holocaust never happened. We'll be right back after these technical difficulties are resolved. Anyway, so we're back. What were we talking about? Incredulous. Incredulous. Well, we had mentioned Incredulous on one of our episodes. I think it's when I was calling out Donna on possibly Googling one of her answers for the birthday segment. Ah. Um, and I said, well, you're not allowed to Google on Incredulous. And, and hilarity ensued. So they called us out. And I, I was like, oh, cool. Some other podcast somewhere. I have no idea how the hell they heard of us. Yeah. yeah we do have UK listeners. I don't that's know. That's curious. I don't know. It's if, almost like there's this web that's worldwide that of yes. con- of of conspiracies it just makes me feel good that somehow <laughs> these people who i don't know in person heard of our show and heard that, that we cool. mentioned them yeah. it gives me 
a little tingle. <laughs> so incredulous. Thank you for the little tingle. <laughs> I'm only a little freaked out and creeped out right now. Uh, yeah, so that, that is cool. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for giving us a shout out, incredulous. <laughs> Wait, I, I also don't know how to... You know, well, the important wait, thing is how that... Do you, how do you react? Oh, we just give them another shout-out. So. Yeah, yeah we, we start this whole cycle of, of shouting more. back and forth towards each other. And, yeah. um, and then we have to end it all with a mud wrestling competition. Yeah, you're, you're into that. <laughs> this wrestling thing. Didn't, didn't, you, didn't you try and get the atheist experience? Yeah, to... like on our fourth episode, I joked that... <laughs> That we should challenge Atheist Experience to a, a mud wrestling, Jello wrestling, mud wrestling, Jell-O, yeah, yeah. some kind of messy wrestling, wrestling thing yeah. for supremacy of Texas podcastery. But yeah, yeah. they're still yeah. going strong. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get that one right And there. I don't think Matt Dale Hunty could pick me out in a lineup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really cool. So yeah, listen to uh, Skeptics with the K and, and Incredulous. They're, they're good podcasts. Yeah. And Atheist Experience. Uh, they're, they're, they're good. Yeah, they're fine. Do we have a birthday this week? Yes, thank goodness we have a birthday so we can move <laughs> off that other topic. Um, born on this day, July 24th in 1897. Uh. So, Gary, I am sorry. You tend to prefer people with birthdays who are alive. Well, I recognize that they're not always going to be. But for a good 109 episodes, we had a... Uh... <laughs> a lot of dead people? <laughs> yeah. Well, Some just, of them really dead, <laughs> like more dead than others. <laughs> well, let me. Uh, okay, this person is almost probably dead, but is most famous for we don't know how. What happened to him? What happened? Yes. Oh, may have died when people thought, or may have lived for many, many years and lived a long and fruitful life. So, wh- when did this person supposedly die? Uh, 1937, at the age of 39-ish. Oh. Well, I, I, it, can't, it can't be Andy Kaufman, because he was born much later. Correct. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, what is this person known for? Um, telling you, telling you that would pretty much give it away. Oh, okay. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, was is science? Scientist. No, uh, she was... She, okay. She was... She. Um, <laughs> She did. Oh, oh, the uh, Amelia Earhart. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, famous for we don't know how or whether or not she died when we thought on July second, nineteen thirty-seven. Yeah. Well, that so so the conspiracy theories go, but yeah. I, I think there's some fairly documented proof now that she ditched and went to an island. That's that's generally the accepted hypothesis. Although that, although there is also the one where she turned back. And, and yeah, there, uh, at, at least kind of the, the main hypotheses are she was on a leg, basically one of her last legs across the Pacific on her second attempt to go around the world. The first one ended very quickly because of mechanical problems. But um, so there was this last step and they were flying towards. Was this... it was it this uncharted island that was full <laughs> of uh, uh, volleyballs? No, no, it was not Tom Hanks Island. Okay. Um, it was. Uh... Which weirdly, weirdly had. Uh, waves coming in from 360 degrees. <laughs> um, anyway, it, it was called Howland Island, and it was basically this small little oh. 
essentially rectangle of not very flat land that's hard to see from up in the air. So you could maybe even mistake like a cloud of a shadow, a shadow of a cloud. I don't know where my brain is. Maybe a shadow of a doubt. Yes. Um, There was a shadow of a doubt because they were trying to radio navigate and there was a, a Coast Guard ship that they were working with to radio navigate. And apparently they just could not get their position very well, but they thought they were on a... Um, longitudinal line or something to to oh, hit the they, island that eventually. They, that they were in contact with anybody. When yeah, they, they were in radio contact, and there was kind of oh. messages of, all right, you know, get back to us on this frequency uh. so that we can triangulate and stuff like that. Because I guess the, the, the Coast Guard cutter was, like, off the coast of this little island or something, trying to guide them in. It was oh. planned this way because there was no radar back then. Yeah. Basically, that's why she... <laughs> She disappeared. Didn't have radar, didn't know where the island was. So there were a last couple of garbled transmissions, and then nothing. The main hypothesis, as you said, is that they just ran out of gas at a certain point. They may have been off on their navigation, because she had a navigator with her, Mm -hmm. and maybe she didn't know how to use the navigational equipment, and maybe he navigated incorrectly, but... Oh, it was a man, was it? (laughs) But she was doing the flying. She was okay. very famous for, you know, doing a solo flight across the Atlantic. Well, of course, and all the that. guy wouldn't ask for directions. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like selling the Coast Guard. No, no, I got this. <laughs> I, sure, yes. <laughs> if we're gonna go stereotypes, might as well. As well. We've, we've dug that hole already. Um, <laughs> uh, but there are other ideas that maybe they continued in maybe the wrong direction along that navigational line and stopped at a place. Stop. They stopped somewhere. Yes. Used, used the air brakes, did they? I saw that on a cartoon once. <laughs> <laughs> the other main hypothesis is that they may have gone, like, the wrong direction along, the, along that navigational line or just been off and landed a place called Gardner Island, hmm. which was kind of close, maybe, um, it, but it was like another two and a half hours away, and there was no further radio communication. That seems to be the biggest hole in that hypothesis, that and the lack of physical evidence. But this, Was this anywhere near the Bermuda Triangle? No. Okay. Bermuda, Caribbean, Atlantic, this was the Pacific. Okay. This other island may have been a possibility, and, and this is the, I, I mean, there are lots of other ideas that are even wilder, that she was really just faked her death to be a spy for the FDR, um, that they landed on some other island called Sepian, or Sepan, and was captured by the Japanese who was occupying there at the time. And um, this is apparently what Unsolved Mysteries went with back in the 90s, um, and that they were executed on the spot, and years later, Marines fell, found her briefcase in a safe or something like that. Yeah. But there's no evidence or anything like that, that she became Tokyo Rose, or that she, <laughs> she that they, like you said, that another idea was that they could not find the island and then turned back, but... Didn't radio anybody say, by the way, we just can't find this place. We're going to go back. And if we can't find this little island, we're sure as heck going to, yeah, sure, we'll find our way back. We don't know where we are, but we'll find our way back. (laughs) Yeah, well, I also didn't realize that they were in contact with anybody. I had never heard that before. So that that would be... Odd. Well, I think exactly. garbled. They, they may, maybe they couldn't have. Yeah, told, so. I mean, maybe there was. They yeah. like they were on a frequency that was not terribly long distance, so maybe they just got out of range. Like the boat was going in one way, that and the damn plane AT&T. went the other way. <laughs> 
I just think the most likely one is that they crashed, and we just haven't found the plane in big old ocean. So, born today um, in 18, what is it, 97, Amelia Earhart, and, and the reason why I bring up Amelia Earhart and all those conspiracy theories is Unsolved Mysteries, the TV show. It was one of those things that, you know, you, you watched In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy when I was a kid, and then Unsolved Mysteries. It was one of those things where it's really exciting, these, oh, is there Bigfoot? Is what happened to Amelia Earhart? Are there aliens? Those were all interesting things and to pyramids. me. And pyramids, and also the you know the latest serial killer on the loose. But the it was the supernatural stuff that really interested me that I wanted to know more. So I re- you know went into the library and looked up books on this kind of stuff and said, and it was it was one of those things that shows how skeptics we find this all really neat. We'd love to believe it, mm-hmm. but if we keep researching, we just find there's just nothing to this. Yeah, that, that was one of the things and, I, I did during uh, probably junior high, actually. Yeah, junior high into middle school is yeah, yeah. my timeline. Ele- well, it'd be elementary to junior high that I'm thinking. That's when <clears throat> In Search Of was, was kind of around, and and uh, the crystals were kind of getting real popular in Pyramid. Well, Pyramid Power had cr- sort of gone away, but they'd come and do the, the book sales, and you'd go through, and they have, like, the, the Loch Ness Monster and, yeah. and crystals and all stuff. And so, you know, I, I bought these books, or got them out from the from the library, and then read some of these, uh, what were supposedly non-fiction, but turned out to be uh, quite fictional, uh, looking back. Must have had, like, ten books that would... That had step by step to say, okay, you, you know, you <laughs> how to be a psychic, yeah, how to well, use the crystals to 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 move stuff, you know, you, telekinesis was was what I wanted. I wanted I wanted to move things from a distance, and so they had like these steps. You sit cross legged, of course. Oh yeah, it has to be cross legged, you know, in that lotus position thing, and then you meditate for twenty minutes and you think. Uh, either come up with a mantra. They they gave me some mantras. I don't remember what they were. They were Amu Mamu Mamu or something like that. So uh, you do that and. Yeah, telekinesis. Oh wait, out of body experiences. Oh, those yeah, were those me things. too. Yeah, never, never happened. Self hypnosis can't do it. I can get tired. Actually, right. you know what I do mostly when I'm trying to do that? Get annoyed. <laughs> I never tried to actually do any of the stuff. I just thought it was really interesting. But I did have the Time Life books. <laughs> the the series where like one was on UFOs, one was on yeah. I I just read up and thought they were neat. And, and, and got really into it, and yeah. then realized there just wasn't any there there. Yeah. It was always, you know, See, I had, I had to eyewitness try reports, no physical evidence. Yeah, it, yeah, it was all the, the, the real-life stuff that could be real. Like, well, possibly there could be a dinosaur living in Loch Ness. Sure. Possibly there could be aliens. Possibly there could be an undiscovered primate living in the northwest United States. Maybe. Maybe that, and that would be really. But neat. they never found it, and they exactly. still haven't found it. <laughs> so just a little dose of cynicism, and just reading all these accounts uh, that it was just some some yokel says, "Oh, well, I th- I could have sworn this," or there's no physical evidence of where Amelia Earhart actually ended up. We haven't found the the plane boat. It was a boat that it was a plane that could anyway. <laughs> a plane that could land on water. <laughs> yes. So at some point, though, both you and I, and I'm sure other listeners, uh, either tried you were like speak I did. For Donna, there weren't you? Yeah. Okay. Thought about these things, thought they were cool, looked into them, and then found that pff, there's nothing to it. So we kind of gave it up. Still thinking this is a cool idea, and I mean, I yeah. like movies that are based around it because they're a lot of fun. But well, not crystals, but you know, 
supernatural stuff, I would love it. Yeah. But for those of you that don't want to give that up, there are job openings. <laughs> it appears that the Institute for Creation Research is a little upset that there aren't enough creation researchers. Despite and, the fact that, according to the beginning of their article, the creation science movement has made great strides in the last 40 years. In many areas, the superiority of the creation worldview has been clearly demonstrated. Citation needed and none given. <laughs> no. Well, keep, keep going. Okay. Yeah, the whole paragraph is just pretty neat. <laughs> Even now, ICR, the Institute for Creation Research, ICR. it makes it sound cool, though. Yes, of course. Where, where do you work? I work at the ICR. <gasps> Ooh, what's that? Nah, I'm not going to tell you. Because you, you'll laugh at me. Yes. <laughs> They'll get to that later. Yeah. Even now, ICR is making exciting discoveries in the fields of biology and geology. And we have even started new research initiatives in the fields of astronomy. However, there is much work that still needs to be done, and this work is hindered by the lack of trained scientists. Yeah, so okay, that is just a stupid ending. <laughs> but I do, I do like the, the fact that uh, Jake Hebert, the PhD, uh, oh, there's an asterisk by his name. Hold really? On. Dr. Hebert is research associate at the Institute for Creation Research and received his PhD in physics from the University of Texas at Dallas. Wow, I'm sorry for the Un University of Texas that this guy's calling them UTD, out. UTD, wow. <clears throat> okay, sorry, because <laughs> I'm going to University of Texas at San Antonio, and um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a good school. Yeah, they claim that they have made discoveries, that they have made great strides, that there's been research from yeah. this Institute for Creation Research. But the, they, they where is it? They release a lot of articles on things like, we, we want to instill doubt in the scientific point of view, or this is our idea of, if we think of maybe the math of how long it could have rained, then maybe the flood could have happened this way, and maybe we could create a possible model. They don't actually create models, but we have this idea of how the flood gouged out the Grand Canyon, Grand Canyon. or something like that. But they don't actually do scientific models. Yeah, they, they never they never have the data. Yeah. They, they, they put out in uh, a, a philosophical objection yeah, to whatever it is. It's philosophy, it is. and I'm just asking questions. Yeah, and, and it's never peer well, anytime it's peer reviewed, it's there's usually peer review and there's yeah. peer review. There's, Science blogs has, I think, uh, has yeah. tons of tons of takedowns it's of like a lot of being, stuff. you know, uh, having a jury of your peers. Probably anybody who's in a jury is not necessarily your exact peers. Oh, look, they they hired Timothy Clary, PhD, as the ICR's new geologist. Oh, Delta College in Michigan. Well, that's the thing. There are smart people who are into creationism Western. because it's not a matter of lack of intelligence. No, no. It's a lack of reason and rationality. Uh, and framing everything you know uh, within the framework of your belief system. Right, because if you're intelligent enough, you can talk your way out of or into anything. You can yeah. explain away evidence. Or and just intelligent kind of people it. are are very good at rationalizing. Yeah, 
you, you section off this part of your brain that says, I am not going to believe in this biological science, but I will trust that this car will not fall apart when I start driving it, yeah. which is the same scientific process. You know, granted, you know, maybe automobiles is more engineering kind of um, you try something, it didn't quite work, you change it on the next yeah, well, remember, model or something like that. But there's a scientific process to say, you know what, this airbag is safer than that airbag or such and such. Yeah. Well, we, we're, we're talking about cars and how we trust. It's not faith, but we trust that the engineering of the cars will hold together for this next trip. Whereas, when cars were first made, they weren't really all that safe. I right. mean... The combustion engine, and even the ones that that ran on compressed steam, the boilers would blow up. Yeah, right? it was an unsafe technology yeah. and untried. And now they've fixed that. But if you never work on your car for twelve years, probably something is going to go wrong. And then you start—that's when you start having faith. Right. <laughs> well, uh, we may talk about this later, but um, I have a Prius, which is a hybrid engine. And there are a lot of people who either just joke about it being this country granola kind of car that goes rather than but that, you know, oh, it must not have any pickup or anything. It's not trusted as a new technology. And uh, right. Well, I I personally don't trust the the battery technology because it's in in its infancy. Yeah. Unless it has a good warranty, because inevitably it'll break down at a time when you're trying. Well, it's a car. It's going to break down when you're trying to go somewhere. <laughs> Says the guy who was on a band trip and his van blew up on him. That's a little bit different. We were actually in motion when that happened. <laughs> so the car, the, the van was working great, except for the fire. <laughs> I don't know if we've talked about that whole story on an episode, but if you've caught up on the whole 119 episodes and we haven't talked about that... Let us know, yeah. Let us know, and Gary, we'll do a separate web... E- yeah, extra I'll, to explain I'll, I'll the whole story. I, I love, I love the story. It still makes me laugh. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, the the Institute for Creation Research is just all a flutter about the fact that it they need more trained scientists to prove creationism, and they talk a lot about how you know if if you can follow through on science, which is hard, right. that you can bring this more glory to God, and you know maybe your gift is somewhere else, but. It's hard, but you can do it. Because yeah. if you want to bring glory to God, it's an important thing. Because you might choose the the career for the wrong reason, which is money, or yeah, or that easy. it's easy. Which creation science, I think, the actual science portion that they're doing, pretty easy. Yeah. Because all you have to basically say is God did it and find a way to show that God did it. Now, what, what I find interesting is, wouldn't it be more impressive to... Show how nature works in light of reality, and by saying God did it, but by showing how it actually works, and then just saying, "Well, isn't God amazing?" That right. to me, by doing the real science, you know, you can you can show the how a cell works and go, "God, that's really amazing." You can say, "Isn't amazing what God did?" Without infringing on the the fact that uh, cytoplasm has some. Uh, reason, uh, you know, right. some some design behind it. So you've got creationists who are focused on things like irreducible complexity yeah. to try to talk themselves around the idea that life must must have just appeared, boom, like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> everything about creationism contradicts not just biology, 
but astronomy, physics, you, you, you look at the physics and the chemistry of fossils and stuff like that, and you know, based on the physics, they are this old. Yeah. And yet, they say, they stick their fingers in their ears and go, la, 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 it must be less than 6,000 years old. So they change the physics and the chemistry and the geology and the anthropology and all yeah, the ologies that are out skewed. there. Yeah. That it's it, and, and it's wonderful that, that that they think that having highly trained scientists that are part of their um, group that is what is going to support their point of view. Yet it is actually highly trained scientists who refute their point of view. The it's thing, funny. Yeah. <laughs> the, the other thing I do enjoy about this article is he has two bi- biblical quotes. Yeah. In here, uh, one of them he says, "God has given us all different gifts," and then he uh, has a citation for <laughs> for that First Corinthians, which says uh, twelve four through seven, which says, "Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit." Okay, did did that really need a citation? <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing he cite he cited in his he doesn't cite the assertion that. Creation science has made exciting discoveries in the field of biology, but he cites that God has given us all different gifts, and at the end of the article, he cites that gifted young Christians should uh, redeem the time before the door of opportunity closes. And redeem the time is a little snippet from Ephesians 5.16. Yeah, it basically means um, uh, seize the day. Oh, it, it says, you redeem the time because the day society. is evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, sorry, redeem the time because the days are evil. <laughs> what, what well, it's, I mean, it's, it's like a politician dropping those kind of little buzzwords into their yeah. speeches, like Bachman or Rick Perry will oh, yeah, we'll drop in that. little code words like family values, but even other things that are reminders that, this is Christian. This is Christian. This is Christian. Yeah. This is Christian. You know, it's, it's it all has to tie back to the Bible in the end, which is why they're creationists because oh, yeah. everything exactly. has to tie back to the Bible. So the reason why you should go and use your gifts is because God told you to use your gifts, and we're saying God told us to tell you that your gift should be in creation science. <laughs> I, I love at the towards the end of the article that they have um, some advice for the kids who are going to be going into science, that they should work hard to get the best possible grades. That's a good idea. Yeah, I think so. Push yourself to truly understand the material. That's a very good idea. It's a good idea, maybe not for creationists, because if they truly understand the material... No, it's, it's if you're taking the class, you, that, yeah. you better understand the material. kind of helps to get the good grade. But it may. Sh- <laughs> there's a lot of people just like saying they read the Bible and it makes them atheists. There's plenty of people yeah. who actually do full-on research and get into science and realize science contradicts the Bible. Therefore- right. So from from a, from the ICR's point of view, it's it's iffy advice for them. Yeah. And there's also um, when you're choosing a school, you want to choose one with a rigorous academic program, any research program that truly interests you. I get that. If if you are really into the physics of things or astronomy, you love looking at the stars and you want to prove the creationism through looking at the stars and saying, no, a standard candle of a 1A supernova is not proving that this galaxy is billions of light years away and therefore the universe is 14 billion years old. It's no, you know, the light shows that 
you have to, as a creationist, you have to say, well, that the light was created five thousand years ago in motion on the way to the to the Earth or something, or that yeah. the speed of light has changed over time or something like that. Yeah, should interest you. Um, but they advise you to uh, don't draw attention to your creationist belief, um, particularly if you're in a field that touches upon the origins controversy, such as paleontology, biology, and geology. Yeah. And I would add astronomy, physics, chemistry, etc., etc., etc. Everything touches on this. Well, one of the things they're trying to do by getting PhDs or whoever is it's an appeal to authority. I noticed that they don't say go to the... Uh, Liberty University. Liberty University to get your geology degree. <laughs> <laughs> because that... Would not look good. No, not so much. Nobody's going to respect you in some article or, say, in the Dover trial no. if you've got a biology degree from Liberty University or yeah. something like that. Even Oral Roberts, which, oh, yeah. you know, who, I think they're primary law anyway, but... Probably, and and that's that's <laughs> the real thing, that most of these kind of creationist tactics, whatever you want to say, they try to prove their point through philosophy or legal mm -hmm. arguments most right. of the time they they don't have the biology to stand up so i think yeah. we I, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or not but the the idea of i think it was someone was talking about the trayvon market martin case mm. that um if you have the law on your side argue the law if you if if you don't just pound on the table and speak loudly and that's <laughs> mainly what the creationists are doing they're pounding on the table speaking loudly of no it's irreducibly complex we just know it is yeah and Prove unfortunately, it. we have to speak softly and rationally and say, no, here you go, and you have to give a judge a three-week course on how biology works so that they can say, no, creationism should not be taught in schools. Yeah, End of story. Exactly. But uh, uh, speaking of uh, creationism and creationists, uh, Kirk Cameron, this will, this will be kind of brief-ish, <laughs> but uh, Kirk Cameron had a bit of a hissy fit. Well, he had some problems. Uh, he it appears that he has a new film coming out. Uh, I don't know if it's a full-length film or like a, a short film or like an hour long rather than... It doesn't say. I don't know. He doesn't say. None of, <laughs> no, no, nothing says. He just has a new film coming out uh, in September. And when he started to advertise it on Facebook and YouTube, he was almost instantly banned. YouTube said it was things like they it was they, a scam. They 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 have policies against spam, scams and commercially deceptive content. Yeah. Now, I don't know which one of those 3 it fell under, um but apparently Facebook had a statement saying that the web address for the movie, which is I guess unstoppablethemovie.com <laughs> or something. Unstoppablethemovie. Almost sounds like a porn thing. <laughs> was was formerly a spam site that uh. they kind of that someone was sitting on that they took over. So that's why Facebook pretty quickly uh, stopped it. But maybe you know you you always get these things like maybe Kirk Cameron posted his thing and other people of the rational bent keep an eye on it and marked it as spam. Yeah. Or marked it as commercially uh, deceptive. So, who knows? Maybe someone reported it. Maybe it was just an auto-takedown. YouTube said there might have been some technical glitch. Well, but, no, Facebook. Oh, Facebook, Facebook said Facebook that. Facebook said technical yeah. glitch. Which, which does make who sense. Knows? Yeah. Yeah. And who knows how he did it? Because if, if you send out thousands of 
emails, that looks like spam. So we don't know how he initially put this out because Facebook will, will shut you down just if you try and spam a whole bunch of inboxes, right? And YouTube, I think, will, will do the same thing. Uh, so he got really, really mad and said that, well, okay, let's, let's back up. The film is supposed to be, if God is good, why do bad things happen to good people? Kind of a personal take on how he confronted his faith, apparently. Yeah, and, and how other people deal with this. Because, as he says in the trailer, it's, it's a big one that, that keeps people from having faith. So, the irony, of course, is that why do bad things happen to good people is the tagline of this thing, uh, of this movie. And Kirk Cameron, a good person, had a bad thing happen. So <laughs> yeah, he plays the victim very yeah, well in this yeah, case. And he did. And he sent to all of his, his followers, you know, uh, he sent it to all of his followers, contact Facebook and contact YouTube. Well, contact Facebook and let them know that this is a legitimate deal. And Facebook yeah. was real, very fast yeah. in, in doing that, which makes sense because Kirk Cameron... Cameron... <laughs> Kirk Cameron is a big name, uh, ish. Well, he's a recognizable name. He is, yeah, exactly. You know, Growing Pains or House Party, or wherever the hell he was in. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, YouTube kind of followed suit. You, they just have to know, you know. Yeah. And they're going to bend over backwards for people who have lots of followers versus, say, you or I, if we were had a DMCA or whatever. Though they, now that we've been mentioned uncredulous, we're just going to go right, um, rocket um, right up. I, I know we are. I look forward to our first DMCA or something. <laughs> so yeah, he like like you said, he Kirk Cameron really played the the victim in this. He he had this great picture of him holding up a flyer for the the one night only event of the premiere of the movie with a, a sticker across his mouth that either said Facebook or YouTube. I yeah, saw said, two different yeah. versions. There, there, there are two different versions. Um, he's really playing up the oh what is it um, that he's been expelled. <laughs> right. Playing on that, you know, science doesn't want us to really answer these questions. Yeah. That people well, don't want to confront these answers and be true believers. Yeah. And you know, it, it is another notch on the belt of the of the Christians who think that they're being conspired against, yeah. and and that Christianity are are being treated worse and worse. And I mean, technically, especially groups like Freedom from Religion Foundation and American Atheists are conspiring. But it's more conspiring to say, hey, let's keep this out of the the, the government and yeah. let's just – and let – not make it that Christianity rules everything. Yeah, but we'll, we'll go back to – It is technically conspiring, but it's not in the way that they think. Well, they're not conspiring together. They're doing – they just happen to be on the same page. Right. Just like Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses and uh, Southern Baptists – and all those are all on the same page, yeah. and that's why they come knocking at your door. Yeah, it's not like the Institute for Creation Research isn't conspiring to put their point of view across yeah, exactly. and stop evolution and blah, but, blah, blah. Uh, but I wanted to talk about an interesting aspect of this movie, in that this is going to be a one-night showing all across the country. And we're seeing a lot more of this happen, where individuals or small companies are using the technology available today mm -hmm. to 
to bypass the regular methods of distribution. Because what it appears that Kirk Cameron's company is doing is they're going to be streaming it live through the internet to all these different theaters. So you can actually go to the theater and watch a digital projection of this movie. Now, The Ledge uh, used that to good effect by pre-selling it and allowing people to watch it before it was released. Kevin Smith uses that sometimes. Kevin Smith is, and, yeah. NPR does that with like uh, This American Life and Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. They've done live broadcasts yeah. of their shows to theaters. Yeah. It's uh, a way to give people that group theater experience without having to travel to where the show is. Well, well, not only that, but it also allows the people releasing it not to have to print up uh, millions of dollars worth of film. Yeah. It's very expensive. So digital is, you know, I, I actually admire Kirk Cameron for, for doing it this way because it's it's an efficient way to do it, and it, it's it, it's easy. Yeah. You know, he, he's he's making use of technology, and I think we can all kind of benefit yeah. from the the way this is doing. Well, we now, were, not, not that he's the first one on the lines because it's been done previously. We but. were talking earlier about atheist experience. Yeah, they could just—I mean, they are a local TV show on a local public access. But if, twenty years ago, that's all they would be. Yeah. I remember um, some ten. Or so years ago, I was flipping around some community access channel, and I saw this atheist show. And it was this man and this woman kind of staring dead at the camera, <laughs> and they were talking about, you know, atheist issues and church-state issues or whatever. Now, I didn't think the show was very good because the guy had black hair slicked back and a little dark goatee. <laughs> he looked the part of the evil atheist. Um, well, but it was public. That, yeah, that show <laughs> was not going to go anywhere. Maybe a few hundred people in the local area might catch it by accident, yeah. but now that Atheist Experience can release their shows via YouTube or live stream, all that kind of stuff, you've got other podcasts live streaming while they're recording, and people can send in questions like that. Sure. It's the, yeah, t- technology is a three-edged sword when it comes to <laughs> promoting, you know, there's there's the, the 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 one side the other side and the truth those are the three edges. Oh, I, I, I thought it was the uh, the left hand the right hand and the gripping hand. Uh, sure, the three dimensions of how USB uh, inputs work. You put it try to put it in one way it doesn't work. You try to put it in the other way yeah, it doesn't yeah. work. No, well, you, and then US, the third way it does yeah, work. They're, well, they're yeah, they're, it's four three dimensional. Four dimensional. Four dimensional. Yes, because it's time. Oh, okay. It's obviously three dimensions. You have the X, Y, and Z okay, axis. Gotcha. Four, okay, gotcha. But, yeah, so the the technology to bring this stuff out, I mean, we've always talked about that atheism in the Internet age has allowed people to come together. So some person who lives in Mississippi, they're the only atheist in town. They can at least chat with someone else in Colorado or New York City yeah, who absolutely. is similar to them, and they don't feel alone anymore, and you have a wider movement that way. And, yeah. That also means that the religious nutbags like Kurt Cameron can use that technology too, yeah. to to good effect and also with good marketing yeah. effect. I don't know if he tried to get himself banned, but he damn well took advantage of it. Well, I, yeah, I wonder, he was smart in how he took advantage yeah, of the situation. Yeah. Uh, and so, Kurt Cameron, in in this way, he's smart enough. He understands the technology, but there's also understanding. More than just technology, it's understanding the law 
and understanding the purpose of things happening. Uh, recently, in the news, there was an article about a, ch- a church putting up a Ten Commandments monument on their property mm-hmm. just to show the secularists that they could do it. Yes. So in this town, uh, it's basically in Pennsylvania. I think it's Uniontown, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Uniontown. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Not. Not. I don't think. I don't think it's the Billy Joel song. But um, it, it just sounds so fifties. Yes. Let's go to. Or it's, it's like a cartoon name. Let's go to Uniontown. <laughs> Yes. So there's been, for at least a year or so, a battle between the Freedom From Religion Foundation, and I think one of the local high schools, and a Ten Commandments monument that's on the property of the school. And I'm sure there's little court cases or whatever. I haven't looked fully into that. But the problem is you've got this religious monument on public school grounds. That is what the FFRF is fighting. But this organization calling themselves Thou Shalt Not Move, no, this is not related to um, Gandalf and the the bridge in Moria. This is, a, I assume that's some kind of Bible quote somewhere, but they don't cite where that comes from. Um, they've been selling lawn signs, I guess, Ten Commandment lawn signs, so that um, they can raise funds to put up this and more monuments, probably another dozen or so monuments in the area. Fayette County. In Fayette County, to prove the fact that they will not be moved by these atheists trying to tell us that we have to have freedom from religion. <laughs> right, and and one of their, their points has been that they can put up a monument if they like on their private property. And, and we're saying that too. That's that's not a problem. I, I don't I don't care. legally that's fine. I think <laughs> I, I I would love to see David Silverman go down and say this is great. This is exactly where it should be. Good on you. Have your Ten Commandments on your church property. Have fun. Congratulations. We're not going to fight this. You wasted your money. You yeah. didn't you didn't feed homeless people. I mean. I don't think you should get that quite snarky. We'll leave that to us and our asshole selves. But, but, the, but, the, but the fact that they, they, they think that they are standing up against... For, for example, uh, some lady named Marietta. I don't know. Ewing Marietta. Ewing, yeah, okay. She says, quote, We must be strong and show courage. I'm not backing down. You're getting a call from God. Pick up God's call and answer it. The time is now to defend your faith. We're not attacking. But, yeah. <laughs> so, how are you being strong and courageous by putting something on your own land? <laughs> Legally. Yeah. There's no problem there. It, it it's really such just a shows foolish. A, just a misunderstanding of... Of people who refuse to understand what yeah. the problem is. Yes. So <laughs> Or maybe they're incapable. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just the idea that all they see is an attack on Christianity... Oh, you want the Ten Commandments taken down? That must mean you hate religion and hate Christianity. Maybe that's so, but that's not the point of the actual argument, which is that it's on public land, and that's all missed from the the fact that the, it's just taken very personally that, oh, you say that I can't have the Ten Commandments. That's all they hear, and you've that's been, what they run with. You've been in, you've been in Texas too long. <laughs> can't. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Listen to too much bluegrass music. Yeah, uh, I got gotcha. you. I was saying y'all years before I moved down to <laughs> Texas. 
Uh, so and it's, it's, it's fascinating just, that they're really harping on the idea of, well, this is a free speech zone. Yeah. It's, so does that mean that if it's a free speech zone that atheists and Jehovah's Witnesses and Jews no, atheists, can all put up their own monuments no, because there because it's a free speech zone? Even though it's a free speech zone, it is freedom of religion not freedom from religion. So, so the Jews can that's go. An, that's an, uh, the Muslims. Yeah. yeah, they can go in. Muslims, let's put, put up a Muslim mom. Scientologists. Yeah. It's a free speech zone for freedom of religion. They, yeah. it's, it's not... Besides, it's not seeing what the real problem is. It's not... It's like someone playing chess one move at a time. They don't understand what the consequences of their actions are. So saying it's a free speech zone... Well, okay. Do you mean that anybody can speak here? Well, it's it's like playing chess uh, with you say one move at a time, but without thinking ahead. That's what I meant. But also, because obviously you have to, but also not really knowing the rules. Yeah, like playing chess and thinking it's checkers, (laughs) (laughs) maybe or twister. Yeah, yeah. The main point was not thinking three moves ahead. If I say this, if we're we're doing this, what does that mean? Well, we have a Ten Commandments thing on our church property. What does that mean? Nothing. You have had crosses on your church property. Nobody (laughs) has fought any of that. (laughs) I don't know. We're we're so angry at each other in this. (laughs) It's the monument. It's the monument. The the big rock. We can't have the big something written in stone. That's what they're mad at. We can't have our idol. (laughs) Wait a minute. Hold on. (laughs) Ooh, good. Well, yeah. Anyway, so, uh, guys, start using your brain and thinking. Yeah. One of the the interesting quotes from a... um, who was it? Gary Kolach of Connorsville, one of the organizers of Thou Shalt Not Move. Freedom from religion offends Christians. Christians don't believe that atheists should tell us what we can and cannot do. And this monument is a free speech zone. So in order to put Ten Commandment monuments on public land, they are trying to tell people what to do. Right. They're trying to say... This is the religion of the land. You should all be this way. Oh, so, to, to be fair, the, the commandments are generally what not to do. So it's a little bit different. Well, the commandments have nothing to... <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a whole lot of... Yeah, the, we're the not, we're that, not trying to tell you what to do. We're trying to tell you what not to do. That's <laughs> completely different. <laughs> but it's all reinforcing this, this trope that... You know, America is a Christian nation founded on Christian principles. Okay, what of the Ten Commandments is actually in the Constitution? None of it. Not even the thou shalt not murder, because murder isn't in the Constitution. It's not... It's in the laws. Yes. But (laughs) But not the Constitution. Thou shalt not murder was also in godless communist laws. (laughs) You weren't allowed to murder there. Unless unless you were sponsored Putin. Well, state-sponsored is fine. Yeah. Then it's not murder. It's just disappearing. State-sponsored murder happens here in the United States, especially here in Texas. Yes, it does. Woo-hoo. But that's a larger argument. But, yeah, so they just not getting the point of why we fight the commandment. Um, And then, like, Jessica Alquist in the prayer in Rhode Island, they don't understand why that's an issue. And somehow... We atheists, and hopefully our organizations like American Atheist Freedom from Religion Foundation, all of them, 
can find a better way to communicate why we are fighting this. To draw the line so that when we say, no, we shouldn't have that cross of uh, beams at the 9-11 memorial, why we're saying it shouldn't be there. Not just that, oh, we hate crosses and all crosses should come down, and then Jon Stewart can snark at us on his show. Now, you know, we just say, hey, this is a public monument public should be for everybody therefore somehow communicate that better because obviously that message is not getting through despite the fact that the religionists they they don't want to hear it well yeah yeah, they're not paying attention uh to to what's going on and speaking of not being uh paying attention to what's going on uh greg you posted something okay all right (laughs) mia culpa time yes Um, this week, um, I saw a, um, an article posted by a friend of mine who I think on Facebook goes the name Twinkie D, one of the deep fried free thinkers out of, I think she's out of Mississippi, um, that I met at last year's. Free thinkers in Mississippi? Yeah, I know they exist. That's even, that's even much harder to believe than free thinkers in San Antonio. I know. Uh, <laughs> but she posted an article from the Southern Ledger. And um, the headline reads, Jackson Preacher confidently declares rapture is happening this week. And it goes on to say that Pastor Dean Sparks saw a weather report that was posted up on Facebook about how this weather system was moving from the east to the west, a strange occurrence in the south, Mm because most everything is west to east in the United States, at least in the northern hemisphere. Is it? I guess. I mean, Southern Hemisphere, you know, the toilet's going the other way, so... I don't think that's true. I don't know. Uh, Because, just in San Antonio, we get stuff coming from the south, exactly. so it it goes all over. So, according to the article, you've got Pastor Dean Sparks talking about Matthew 24, 27, which says, For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west... So shall also coming of the Son of Man shall be. Or something to that effect. Something pretty close to that. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) So this pastor is apparently talking about, well, since we have this storm filled with lightning come from east to west, that's obviously the rapture. It's going to happen this week because of this storm. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I thought this was pretty interesting with the whole Harold camping thing that we had last year. This has happened. It happens all the fucking time. Because some of the articles I kind of read, skim the first couple paragraphs and say, okay, this is good enough to post on yeah. our site. And, and I read the whole thing and said, yeah, definitely, definitely skeptical, yeah, there, definitely there, there's atheistic. Nothing, there's nothing here that sticks out as being... It's not like it's from the Daily Mail or something <laughs> right. like that. So I go back when I'm researching, all right, what am I going to talk about tonight on the on the show? Is say, hey, all right, maybe people don't know about this preacher who's, who's saying... You know, the end of the doomsday or whatever. Why don't I Google and see if... Because the article was posted July 18th. It's July 24th. Why don't I see if Pastor Dean Sparks has had any follow-up comments about saying, okay, I was wrong. Well, next time it will be for sure or something like that. Harold Camping. (laughs) Yeah, I Googled Dean Sparks. Nothing. Nothing. Mm. There is nothing for Dean Sparks. Suspicion rises. I say, okay, well, there's this Father Timothy Purcell of St. John's Catholic in Flowood. There is no St. John's Catholic Church in Flowood. There's like a St. Paul's. Is there a Flowood? <laughs> I think there's a Flowood. Okay. Um, but there's no St. John's. There, I think there's a St. Paul's, from what I could tell. And, and there's no atheist group listed here 
let me go back to the website, and then um, hold is on. that when you looked in the sidebar? <laughs> yeah, that's when I that's, looked in the sidebar. That's side when bar. I noticed it. Yeah. Well, I, I read the article and looked at the article, and you know the other stuff on the on the uh, on the side I usually you, ignore. Yeah, yeah, you mostly it's, because it's it's, it's other, usually ads yeah. or something like that. But you've got. Um, Government begins roundup and torture of Christians, or um, Palin says the contestants are not her daughter, or then the kicker. Go ahead with the kicker. I know exactly what you're going to say. Well, the, I was going to go back. Uh, government rounding up all the Christians could also actually be a headline. Yeah. Uh, on on some of the crazier sites. And and the the top of the wood page it says Southern Ledger dedicated to Christ and to corporate America. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, Makes some sense. Yeah, there's yeah, there's nothing no, nothing that that screams uh, Poe, but <laughs> the one that I noticed almost immediately. Yes, <laughs> we talked was Texas senator forced to wear a strap on the filibuster, and they're talking yes. about <laughs> Wendy Davis. Being forced to wear a strap on in order to filibuster the law, and so I was like you. I read the article that there's nothing wrong with this. Yes, it it it, it fits in with normal things, and all of the comments are if the rapture is here, or sorry, if the rapture is happening, why is he still here? So the comments are following up as if this is a real news article, but then when you look over onto the side, uh. <laughs> Local woman incorporates uterus. Yeah, it's, gets it's, surprising so, results. So, so there's there's two. There, there's two. Uh, the the Palin one and the 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 Wendy Davis one are two that are obviously kind of over the top. But then they have, or sorry, the uterus one is. Yeah. It, but then there's there's one that says uh, local girl kicked up kicked from school football team. That. Actually, there has been females on school football teams. And then I saw Fisher opens Mississippi Refuge for scared whites. <laughs> Which could like, be a satirical thing. So there's like, okay, yeah. wait a minute. The the end result, which probably should have been my first result, not being familiar with southernledger.pw, which I don't know where that domain is. Or I don't anything know, like but that. I have a I have a golf club uh, pitching wedge with PW, <laughs> so I'm I'm assuming that this is coming from my uh, golf clubs, which maybe, I haven't used in a while. Maybe PW is a country code, like AU is Australia, yeah. UK, or. But I, I was okay. All right, find the about page or or whatever, and then I say, well, okay, there's an about page, but right next to that, there's a button that says disclaimer. <laughs> Greg, you fucking idiot. This publication is intended to be satirical in nature. It's the first fucking sentence in the disclaimer. You idiot, Greg. Yeah, but if you would have clicked on the about, it says, The Southern Ledger is owned and operated by a disturbed Norwegian moose wearing a tinfoil hat. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so... I got pwned. So completely pwned. Oh, well. And yeah, you know, it's talking about the three-edged sword of technology yeah. that you can make a website that looks... Fairly reasonable. It's like okay, and you know, I see at the bottom. I, I scroll up and down the page. There's a poll there. Do you carry a gun? And there's a little um, advertising thing at the bottom of the page saying "Proud to be part of the GOP," and it's got a little elephant thing. And you don't notice the subtle bits of poop coming out of the bat bottom of the elephant. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where I read this article thinking, okay, one more crazy preacher out there who says. 
the rapture is going to happen. It'd be interesting to talk about on the show and share with our, our dear listeners because they don't hear about all this stuff. Well, they probably shouldn't have hear, heard about this because, <laughs> or at least should have read more carefully and then said, this is interesting. Have a good laugh. Yeah. Or something like that. Cause yeah, it's funny that this back and forth between the, the preacher and the and the Catholic bishop. Yeah. But when the atheist criticizes them, they both come together and say those atheists are just That's being true. shrill and um, militant. And no. just, so silly stuff. All right. So again, we have to say be skeptical about your sources. And there's always reason, especially with the way news is in the last decade, to be skeptical of the sources. Yes, very even, much so. Even if you trust your source, because they get pod too. Yep. And don't trust us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah especially don't trust us. All right, well, moving on, I don't really have a transition for this. Yeah, because we did like three stories all on <laughs> crazy religious stuff and us being stupid, and now complete and utter left turn to sciencey technical engineering kind of goodness. Thing. And this is something right up my... Uh, Allie, please say Allie. Sure, Allie. Okay. Now this is this is something that I'm I'm interested in because it has a lot to do with I have some friends working on on this problem. Uh, Scientific American had an article today with the title "Will Incompatible Standards Slow Down Electric Cars?" Yes. And, and what no. they what, yes maybe what they meant was <laughs> getting electric cars out and into the the public's hands because. They compared it to Betamax and VHS, and VHS, which they really should have been HD DVD and Blu-ray because people might actually remember that. Uh, sure. <laughs> so it's just kind of a good comparison, and they do make the point that the only problem is that when you buy a car, uh, you can't just throw it away. Sorry, when you when you buy when you bought a Betamax, you could kind of just get rid of it. Because yeah. it, it was expensive, but not all that expensive. Whereas, what we're talking about here is ways to quickly charge a car. A major investment of your car, you want to yeah. make sure that you can charge it when you need to. Right. And it's not and it's not just the car now, because... Let's back up a little bit. As we know, there is a big push uh, all around the world to move to... <laughs> Alternative energy and alternative energy vehicles, especially electric vehicles. Okay. Now, the the problem with that is there's no infrastructure for this thing. Right now, we have the Priuses, right, uh, which, which which are hybrids, so they are able to recharge the batteries using a, a, a gas motor or run on the gas motor. Right. They okay. they pick up the momentum and use that okay. kind of to feed the battery and all that. Right. So they use the existing infrastructure, unlike, say, the hydrogen-fueled cars that people have been wanting for years, or even um, compressed natural gas, which can't use the same infrastructure of gas stations of a liquid-based right. fuel. Right. But the, the one thing about a liquid-based fuel is it only takes a couple of minutes to force that into uh, either a compressed tank or your gas tank you know you've got the little thing you put it in uh and then you've got diesel that has a slightly different sized nozzle so that but it's still liquid that yeah, you can store it's in still tank. liquid so it's you know the the problem with electric cars now is basically the same problem that you have with uh tablets or telephones or or, or cell phones and stuff in that if you have an apple you can't use 
a regular USB charger to charge your, your iPhone. Yeah, right? it has to be market-specific. Yeah. Or they've made it that way. I mean, there's lots of tablets out there where you can just use a generic uh, mini USB, uh, you know, six-pin cable or whatever. Granted, to... there are three or four ty- types of mini USB. Yeah, but, but... but you can just go out and buy the proper cable. I have a Toshiba tablet that uses this huge dongle thing that kind of looks like the old iPhone thing, what? only bigger and thicker. So I can't... If I, if I lose my... My charger for you can the Toshiba. Walk into I any to, store? I know I can't. I have to. I have to order oh, that okay. specifically from Toshiba. Oh, that's right. Whereas, like the iPhone, they're everywhere. So if you lost that, you could go to uh, Best Buy. You could Buy go to any store, yeah. but it is specific to that one brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So you can't. You, you, right. Okay. Whereas you have TVs that up until recently were all based on coaxial cables, right. which everybody used the same one input format to get your signal. Right. And then they came up with the new standard for digital TV, which is HDMI. Everything's yeah. all the same. Now, most of these came from the industry working together to to move this forward. So the problem now is electric vehicles are effectively new. The ones that are have been around for for years they only go about 20 maybe 50 miles at a charge they've got you know a small uh, um, contingent of batteries in there and you can just plug them into a regular uh in the united states 110 outlet or 120 outlet uh, 20 amp and you just charge it overnight or over like a six hour period and i know some of these electric vehicles either whatever the next generation was, you have kind of a proprietary charging station that you have installed in your garage uh, yes, that right. may be different from the standard just three-plong plug. Right, and, and yeah, exactly. That's, that's a good point. Uh, so, so there are other ones that would use, say, a 240-volt or even higher, uh, but general 240 because that, they actually drop 240 volts to, to the house in the United States. Um, yeah, so they have a little proprietary cable that, that you can plug in. But usually it's easy, and you're not looking to use this vehicle to drive to another city. You're just using it to go out and get groceries wherever in the neighborhood. So why we're ta- we were talking earlier about infrastructure to have communal chargers at the grocery store and at work or something so okay. that if you have an electric vehicle and hope, as the industry hopes, they become more and more popular, you have places where you can plug in. You don't have to go to work and then run an extension cord 300 feet out of your cubicle. Right. Uh, UTSA, for example, has charging stations on all of their campuses around town. Um, With the advent of Tesla making a pure, I'm going to use the word pure or true, I'll just use pure, a pure electric vehicle. So there's no other source of propulsion for the thing, it's just the batteries. Because there are Priuses out there that are still hybrid, but they're plug-in in in that they start on the battery, and once the battery dies down after that first 50, 100 miles, then the gas motor kicks in. Right. But you're talking about 100% electric vehicles. Right. Uh, And the, the, the Tesla supposedly can go 250 miles, so you can get to another city. Like, if I had a Tesla, I could go up to to Austin and back from San Antonio, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. Well, this is what cars have to do. Mostly, cars are used in a, about a 50-mile radius from their house. You drive to work, you drive to the grocery store, you drive home. Exactly. So these older electric vehicles had no problem for, for that business. But of course, if, but if you're in California, 
you know, people are spending hours out on the freeway just getting the now hours do not necessarily equate to miles, but if you're sitting in the heat, you're using battery power to, to AC. Run. Right. Yeah. So so there's there is a time component. AC is an air conditioning, not alternating current. That's correct. Thank you. That's that's very important because <laughs> we're talking about electricity. So what needs to happen is we need gas stations for electrical vehicles. We need infrastructure. Yes. And, and so, herein lies the problem. <laughs> and finally, finally, we get to the point, or what we thought was going to be the point of the Scientific American article, is that there are currently two major... Currently! <laughs> <laughs> there are two standards that are vying for dominance. The HD, DVD, and the Blu-ray. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there is the Japanese-developed Chatamo standard, and then there is the automotive engineer's... Uh, International J1772 standard. Now, what these are, are these are high-voltage, high-current, fast chargers for something like the Tesla so that it'll only, instead of taking about six hours to give you 250 miles or however many hours that is, um, you can do it in about 20 minutes. So you so go, far. you stop at a rest stop, you plug in your car, you go have a burger, come back, you're ready to go. Exactly. and Not fu- quite as quick as a gas station of, you know, just pump and go, right. but a hell of a lot faster and a big step forward. Yeah. So right now, the, the Chatham standard is a little bit f- more distributed. That's more right. publicly available. Y- yeah, because, yes, more publicly available, because more cars are being released by Japan than the United States. But the SAEJ1772, which doesn't have a cool name. <laughs> the SAE Combo Standard. There we go. Well, yeah, we just call it the Combo. So the Combo Meal from... Does it have little cheese in the pretzel? Uh, the moment, yeah, probably, sure. Uh, is They want that to be because, first of all, it's the uh, it's an American... Yeah. Generally American. If one standard, standard wins out, then that whatever company and group of companies that design that, they get the patent money on that, and that's why. Well, and they, not just the patent, but they get they get to sell all of the components for these. these yeah, they have the right? monopoly, the royalties, the whole thing. Exactly. So there's a there's a big contention. So this is where it comes down to the Blu-ray and the HD DVD or, or the Betamax versus VHS, depending on your age. And unfortunately, they don't really talk about why one may be better than the other, or even how. Yeah, I know. Why, they... why it's a problem? They don't <laughs> say anything about why it's a problem, except for the fact that uh, they're two different standards. Well, I remember when the the high definition video war began, that there was a talk of fracturing of the market in that, say, Universal Studios would only release their films in this one way. So if you wanted to watch one of their films, you had to have both players, and it fractured the market. And I can understand that be a problem, but there was also a big debate when these formats really started about, well, Blu-ray maybe be able to, I, I don't remember the specifics, but maybe one ho- held a little bit more information than the other, whereas the other one had a slightly crisper video because it had a few more lines per whatever. Right. So there were specific differences where it seems like, in this case, if you basically got electricity coming in at a certain voltage and they're both approximately the same... It's you've got you're converting electricity into a different plug, right? So it's the shape of the plug that they're fighting over. Well, that no, but that's, that's what it seems. That's what the article makes out to be. But 
But the fact is that there are actually two different ways to deliver power in this short time. Uh, the Chatamo is a DC power. Actually, you know what? This isn't this isn't even VHS and Beta. This is Tesla, like the guy versus is, Edison <laughs> versus Edison. This is DC versus AC. Now AC is a far more efficient way to deliver power. Long distance uh, for things. certainly for long distances. Okay. DC is safer. Okay. Uh, and that's really what this is about. The Chatamo is a DC uh, current, which is what you have in batteries. So it's more, it's directly compatible with the battery because you're putting DC. Whereas the SAE standard is alternating current. Now, so it requires a converter somewhere in there. Yes. However, it it, it really depends on where do you want the converter to be, because obviously. All of the electricity that is being distributed is an AC. So it's easier to step up or step down the voltage and the power at the station just by using a transformer and then have the car do the conversion to DC. Right? right. So that's why I think the, the SAE decided that because it's easier for them because that puts all of the problem really on the power companies. Whereas... The, the Chatamo is DC, so that means that you actually now have to have some sort of DC converter at, out on the station, right? And so the car doesn't have to do that. So that's, that's one of the, the big problems. And Scientific American doesn't even touch on that. <laughs> and it really kind of made me mad because they didn't talk about any of the actual problems. They were just talking about... Nissan says this, Tesla says that. Yeah, that there's, that there's, there's this... That maybe Nissan is being uh, there's a plot against them and they're going to be shunned, like people ganged up on Sony even though they won out because Sony won out with VHS, mm-hmm. right? But and so they're they're trying to push through their HD DVD or whatever. Anyway, so here's here's the other problem that they didn't really touch on is the distribution of power because right now. The the power grid probably can't take everybody having... Actually, the power grid right now cannot take everybody having an electrical vehicle. It can barely take everybody in Texas turning on their air conditioner. That's exactly my point. <laughs> uh, California, for example, has the rolling brownouts every year. San Antonio, in specific, also has that. We're not generating enough power. We simply don't have it. And not only even if we were... So we don't have the power lines to take but, as much power as you need to run all of the air conditioners and give you 80 amps of of power going into your vehicle. So you, this you think is a of like huge a, problem. A sewer line, the the tube that is bringing the water to your home or away from your home, they're not big enough. Yeah, they don't hold enough water. Yeah, li, li, yeah. Let's yeah. Well, let's use that analogy. That's, that's I'm a not an electrical engineer, so I need these metaphors. Well, yeah. So, so okay, you you know. I live alone. So, so do I. Right. So we have no problem. Hello, ladies. We, we, we turn on the, on the tap, we turn on the, the shower, and we get hot water. Boom. No worries. Now, imagine you have a roommate. Okay. Not, not really. Probably, you probably have to fit a 50-gallon tank, right? Well, let's say suddenly you have kids, and you have all these other people, and everyone's flushing the toilets at the same time while you're in the shower. And this is that kind of problem. <laughs> you know, hopefully 
pipes and your mother burst. comes for a visit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and she loves long baths, right? Ew. So hope hope <laughs> so hopefully you know pipes aren't bursting. But this is a real a possibility with the power lines because you know they can overheat and if they're constantly running at capacity you know you're going to have infrastructure breakdown but at the same time you're going to have the the poor power company you know at 100% the fact is we are not ready for electric vehicles on the infrastructure there may be some things that can maybe help this out in the long run like the idea of putting more solar cells on all buildings so that sure. it's more distributed, having more wind farms in local areas, like one neighborhood having one wind tower that supplies the entire neighborhood with supplemented by solar sure. and supplemented by nuclear and maybe some natural well, gas Well, that's, that's one bit of the problem. The other problem is wind is not constant. So how do you regulate that power when there's a lot of wind or none? And Then you have darkness solar cells. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anti-solar cells. And what do you do with the power that you have generated that you don't need right now? So now suddenly you need a huge battery farm that's right. holding the power ready or in state so that when you need it, it can put it out. These are all problems that are not resolved. And there's no standards really for any of this at all. So all of this is brand new. And American, Scientific American just was talking about the... The, the industry the fight. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, the shape of the plugs, that's the problem. Yeah. So, uh, now, of course, if you... <laughs> I, I, have, I've, I went through a couple of lectures. I've talked with friends about this. So this is something that I've been doing for the last year and a half, is just following this. I'm not working on this, but I've been following this. And so I find it fascinating. But if you didn't know any of this... All you'd think is that, oh, God, it's it's USB 1 versus USB 2. And Just some it, silly it, industry fight. And yeah. We'll, as long as <laughs> once those two boys, once they work it out and shake hands, everything will be fine. Yeah. No, we need a lot. There's, 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 there's a lot more that was have not to come touched together. on yeah. in this thing. But there we go. Uh, that's, that's sort of my rant. Uh uh, but I am glad that it came up because it gave me something to think about and go, hey, I kind of know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to do a lot of research. <laughs> but I think that that pretty much brings us to the end. Yes. Uh, there's no lightning round. Lightning this round! Week. No. No. No, because really all it would show is, how stupid is Gary this week? <laughs> and we all know the answer to that question. Uh well, I know, but this one might have come up. <laughs> I get one. <laughs> we have, uh, I, I'm pretty sure we have lots of new likes and lots of new listeners after I went to TAM. If any of you really like the show, please give us a review on iTunes, because that really boosts our visibility on iTunes, tell a friend, something like yeah. that. And you, all the other stuff of how to contact us, that's at the end of the episode, so listen to that. Yeah. So, so Gary, do you have a summary of today's episode? What did we learn today? Let me see. Well, we learned that if you have a good imagination, and maybe, maybe you did well in school, you can work for the Institute of Creation Research and make up stories about how science should be. <laughs> We learned that Kirk Cameron. Cameron why do I keep on saying he's that? A Cameron. Moron. Yeah. Cat moron. Cameron. Uh, yeah, that's right. We learned that Kirk Cameron is a professional victim. <laughs> we learned that the Ten Commandments 
can go anywhere you want them unless it's on public land. Mm-hmm. And we also <laughs> learn that you should probably take your stories with a grain of salt. And last, we learn that Gary really likes electricity. Yes. Oh, and that Amelia Earhart was born. Was born. <laughs> Not just that she was born on the day we were recording this episode, just the simple fact that she was born. Yeah, and we know very little else about her. <laughs> so, thanks for joining us, and we will talk at you next week. Bye. Bye. The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. They, they gave me some mantras. I don't remember what they were. They were Amu Mamu Mamu or something like that. And then, you know... And then they killed Steve Irwin. Yeah, exactly. And... What? <laughs> Manta Ray Mantra. Ah! Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Didn't, didn't, didn't make that connection. Yeah, yeah, that train of thought kind of derailed your train. Yeah, exactly. I apologize. So, no worries. But <laughs> a plane that could land on water. <laughs> yes. Seaboat? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> seaplane. Uh, uh, seaplane. Sea, sea boat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one getting over cold. What's your excuse? Werewolf. Werewolf. <laughs> okay. Uh, Even now, ICR is making exciting discoveries in the fields of Bella. <laughs> You're changing jobs, aren't you? <laughs> it's kind of like the um, the um, little ports on those old Chevys that it's just for decoration. You know, they would have fins, but also they have little, oh, little yeah, porthole yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of things. No, decoration. Well, there are windows. You can see out of them. The dog was happy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> or the old... The old uh, uh, I don't even know what those were called, but you used to have them at uh, on the VWs for for certain. But it, it, without when you didn't have air conditioning, they, the they little had the, triangle the little windows. V's, yeah, the little triangle windows that my dad used to, you know, throw a cigarette out and then come in the back window. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! God, fuck! I'm on fire! Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right.